Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's usually determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm sorry for this movie okay. this week. <laughs> I, I should, we should be apologizing for this movie this week. <laughs> it's my first stinker, guys. <laughs> Julia's first mulligan. <laughs> Um, in case you guys are wondering we're talking about 2005's Just Friends non-Christmas movie Um, Mm -hmm. in Julia's defense I will say when I was looking for like underappreciated or underrated Christmas movies this one made a lot of those lists and I'm just not sure why I'm perplexed as well not even Ryan Reynolds can save this thing I'm pretty sure I'm I'm honestly thinking this is going to be one of our shortest episodes yet because there's just this nothing here this is a race to the bottom this episode like i was looking at our bot the bottom of our list and i'm like man this may this may go pretty far down for me that's what she said Uh, that's what somebody in this movie likely said as well (laughs) 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 we can't even we can't even snap out of the movie funk to talk about how our weeks were post Christmas. I don't remember how my week was after watching this movie today. <laughs> I'll I'll talk about my week. I am decorated. <laughs> oh, that is sad. So currently I only have my Christmas cuckoo clock up and the leg lamp up. The rest oh, that's something. So rest I'm gonna go ahead and make a suggestion before we jump into this movie. Next year, we need to bring our serious A game into in uh, January. I still need this, and I feel pretty let down. Oh, we need like better movies. Mm-hmm. I kick off fresh after Christmas. I think you're right. I think that the uh, not to get ahead or announce yet what we're doing the next two weeks. They may help us snap back into it. I sure hope so. This one did not do it. Julia, you want to give us a synopsis? Not really. <laughs> Other than Ryan Reynolds does not take his shirt off in this movie. I'm really disappointed. Um, uh, okay. he, did, he did take it off. That just didn't show him from the front. Gosh, I really missed the boat. <laughs> All right. High school student Chris Brander loves his best friend, Jamie Palomino. He finally confesses his feelings, but she tells him that she just wants to be friends, and he leaves town in shame. Ten years later, Chris is a successful record executive and involved with a self-absorbed pop star, Samantha James. He still pines for Jamie, though, and when his plans to go to Paris for the holidays fall through, he returns to his hometown to try and win her heart. Did either of you two see this before tonight? Or before? No. Mm-mm. No. 
Had you? I saw this once, and I didn't realize I did until last week when we were looking at the poster and I saw fat Ryan Reynolds on the poster. And I was like, oh yeah, I saw this piece of garbage. And I, I remember I was, the poster. Mm. But I was trying to go in with an open mind this time because the few comments we got on this movie on Reddit, it's people who like slash borderline love this movie. And I'm failing to see why i'm sorry to those listeners but uh i did try to go in with an open mind let's run through the credits real quick it's directed by roger cumble who directed cruel intentions the sweetest thing college road trip furry vengeance and uh, did a lot of tv shows like pretty little liars the mindy project and entourage it was written by adam tex davis who has nothing of note as a writer uh it stars ryan reynolds as chris brander we all know Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool. He was also in Buried, Van Wilder, Blade Trinity, The Proposal. He was the Green Lantern. He was in RIPD. He was the voice in Turbo and The Croods. And he was in Hitman's Bodyguard. Amy Smart plays Jamie Palomino. She is most notable probably from Varsity Blues. She was in Felicity, Rat Race, Road Trip, The Butterfly Effect, Starsky and Hutch, Mirrors, and The Twelve Dates of Christmas, which I the think... Mirrors, that Kevin Bacon scary movie? No, that's the one with um, Kiefer Sunderland. Oh, I like him. But which Sunderland? one was I confusing it with? There's Kevin one I'm Bacon confusing was, it with, right? Wasn't he sinister? No... He wasn't sinister. Sinister is um, the guy who looks like him. Yes, (laughs) he's that one. (laughs) Actually, quite like that guy, but I can't think of his name. That guy's also in the A Team, right? Wasn't he the bad guy in the A Team, the sinister guy? Maybe. Right. (laughs) Who? Who is that guy? I'll I'll tell you. Follow me and Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yes, it was. Is that what I'm thinking of? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking it, of. It is okay. what you're thinking of. But wait, I need Ethan Hawke. That's him. The guy who looks like him. Oh No, it's not who I'm thinking. In certain things, it totally is. Sinister thinking, it could be his twin. Ethan Hawke is not in... Ethan Hawke's not in Sinister. Yes, he is, isn't he? No, that's not Ethan Hawke. Hold on. That's the guy I'm, that I'm thinking in my brain that I can't... It is Ethan Hawke. It is. I just Googled it. Okay. Well, hold up. Give me a second to veer off track here because I got to know what the guy is that I'm talking about. What's his name? You know what? Don't apologize, Julia, because this episode is going to come in short anyway. We need some content. <laughs> is he in all of the Sinisters? It was in the first one. I don't know about the second. I never saw the second. Okay. So I may be a Christmas movie. Oh, that's the truth. The I'm second thinking Patrick was- Wilson. Patrick Wilson is who I'm thinking of. You know Patrick like, Wilson? The Insidious. Love, you said Sinister. I was thinking Insidious. Okay. I love Insidious. I do too. Okay. We're good here. And What's I'm a big, Sinister? I'm a big fan of Patrick Wilson too. Yeah, Me I love too. him. Uh, so I also love The Conjuring. And for those out there, he plays Orm in the new Aquaman movie. Oh... I really want to see that. It was really good. Then we have Anna Ferris as Samantha Jones. She was in all of the scary movies, Brokeback Mountain, The House Bunny, and she was in a few episodes of Friends, to throw yep. it back to a previous episode. And then we have Chris Klein, who's Dusty Dinkelman. 
he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. I haven't seen him. He's he's been in things. He was on uh, the Flash TV series recently, but I haven't I, don't, I haven't made it that far in the show to see him yet. He's kind of bigger in the '90s, part of the uh, American Pie phenomenon. I just wanted to give a shout out to Chris Marquette from most famous for Freddy versus Jason as the nerd in that movie. And I'm only bringing it up because that was the first rated R movie I saw in theaters. Ooh. It's a pivotal moment in a kid's life, isn't it? I remember my my first R rated movie in a theater. What was it? The rock. My parents took me because somebody at church had talked about what a great movie it was. And it is a great movie. They didn't realize how many F-bombs are in that movie. My my father took me to see Freddy versus Jason because he figured, oh, it's an it's a horror movie. It won't be so bad. But then within the first two minutes, uh, a woman's getting topless for Jason to kill. So typical slasher fare. Your dad, wait, he thought it's a horror, so it won't be that bad. Well, I'm yeah. Well, it is kind of a different brand of R, right? Right. Like, oh, that kind of horror. horror. Okay. For me, scary. For me, I, when I think of horror, I definitely think of that. I followed like a lot of the B-rate horror films, and that seems to be a pretty common. In in, in, in fairness to you, Tom, Fred, Friday the Thirteenth has always had a lot of that stuff, right? He goes after the kids having sex. Basically, that's who he's mm. killing. So there's a lot of that. Hmm. I mean, even then, like it was the '80s. It's a different kind of like. They didn't glorify it like some horror movies do nowadays. You know what I mean? I mean, it was definitely, it's definitely there, you know, for like, hey, go look. But I mean, like, it was there for five seconds, two seconds. What was your first R-rated movie ever? Like, not in theaters. So if the theater one was it, then what was your first R-rated movie? Not in the theaters. If you even remember. I don't, I don't I remember that I remember. <laughs> I remember my first R-rated horror film outside of theaters, and it was Scream. Oh, and you love that I, one. I love it, but at the time, like, I caught it young. It was probably before my parents even knew I was watching it. I was downstairs in the basement, middle of the night. It was dark. I put it on, and that first scene where he's killing Drew Barrymore and stalking her through the house, I was terrified took me forever to get through that movie (laughs) what's yours tom i don't remember the name all i remember was i have a very traumatic scene where some man is cutting a woman's tongue out Ah. and i went running home in tears in the like late at night i was with some i was staying at a, a neighbor's house and they were watching a movie that i should definitely not have been watching at my age i was like five or six so both of them were scary movies for y'all Yes. What was yours? It's really interesting. The Usual Suspects was my first. And then Shawshank Redemption right after that is when I had gone to visit my brother in college. And he showed me always the best movies. Shawshank is still one of the best movies of all time. It was pretty amazing. Well, okay, I have to be honest. My first first R-rated movie, nobody really knows what it was, but it was something with Eddie Murphy. And I was just learning how to talk. And my, I was with, I was at my grandparents' house. My mom was there. My grandparents were there. My great grandmother and my great great grandmother were all at the table. And I dropped my fork and said, "Oh." <laughs> fudge? Did you say fudge? Yeah, it's something very similar. And it was my first. Um, <laughs> My first and only encounter with my great great grandmother. <laughs> so, 
Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So do you want to know the first R-rated movie I ever bought? <laughs> like yeah. on DVD or VHS even? I don't even remember. I, so I was young and it was kind of like, can I get an R-rated movie? And they're like, sure. Anyway, that was, we were in F- <laughs> FYE. And mind you, I was at the point like <laughs> where um, I was just hitting puberty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going through, you know, the movies. <laughs> selection <laughs> and i find striptease of demi moore and because it's her it's her on the cover like uh-huh. <laughs> nude but in like a you know covering up in such a way you, you know can't see anything so like i'm thinking to myself i can't buy it myself a parent has to buy it so <laughs> my father's up front talking to the one of the salespeople and I bring it up and just give it to him. And before either of them could say anything, I was like, mom said I could buy an R-rated movie. And the sales guy was like, okay, sure. Mom said you could buy an R-rated movie. <laughs> did he let you buy it? He did. That one? Holy crap. That's no joke. You went like right for the jugular. <laughs> you did not fast go. <laughs> I was at that, you know, that age. I've never seen it. Me it's either. a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. But at that age, I wasn't thinking about the plot. <laughs> I remember that one came out at the same time as um... Flashdance. No. No, Flashdance is way before that. That's another one that's, you know, nobody cares about the plot of that one because it's so crap. <laughs> What's the first one to get the NC-17 rating? With what, Jesse Elizabeth Stanna Berkeley, it? yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that either. Oh, Showgirls? Yeah, that's Showgirls. It. I haven't seen that either, you know? I feel like I'm probably not missing much. You're not, not missing these movies. much at all. Well, I think we've avoided this topic as much as we possibly can. I'm going to start out on a positive <laughs> note about this movie. The soundtrack okay. is fun. <laughs> The soundtrack made me feel like Christmas. I mean, they've got like, it's took me back to the roller rink back when I was a kid. You know, they had a couple skate and it was always, I swear. Yes. Yeah, this movie screams 90s. I, oh. I don't know how it was made in 2005, honestly, because all I felt was 90s. Well, because they, they had grown up in the 90s. That's probably why, right? Wasn't that why? So they made it because that was when they grew up. Yeah, so. I guess if it had been, what, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah, because they were class of 95. So that's yeah. it. But even even the current present stuff felt very... Felt 90s? I agree. 90s, yeah. Part of that, I think, too, is that... So part of the, the line of demarcation there for me is the, the lack of technology. The occasional mm-hmm. cell phone that they pull out. But for the most part... yeah. When I see movies from the early 2000s, I realized how much of a change the iPhone made in our lives. Mm-hmm. Rapidly, too, at that. Because there really I, is a line, like you said. There, Oh, there definitely is. And, and the way that we just interact as a society has completely changed yep. since the advent of the iPhone. I mean, we, we used to text and it would be, you know, uh, I remember texting back on the old Nokia phone where you'd have to hit like three buttons to get the three button three oh times gosh. to get to see. Yes. Or whatever. Yep. Or, Two to get to see, yeah. But um, it also had the Lemonheads, and that is such a good song. And then Hip Hop Hooray. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Plus the Christmas music they picked. Uh, Made it feel Christmassy. But you, it, that was 
Yeah, it did. It did. That was the that and a couple of scenes were the only aspects that felt Christmassy. It is not a Christmas movie. It's absolutely no. not a Christmas movie. No, it's a no. movie filmed at Christmas time. I did appreciate the snow. That being said, it was filmed in Saskatchewan, right? I think that's what I read, that it was primarily filmed in Canada um, and that it was as cold as negative 34 for some of the days they filmed. <laughs> wow. Pretty insane. But I like that because Ryan Reynolds is a canad and I always appreciate it when they get to kind of, I assume he had something to do with that. Maybe he didn't. Tons of shows film in Canada because it's cheaper and all of that. But I like the snow. The snow worked for me. And I like the Palomino's Christmas decorations aside oh, from the Santa. Oh, me too. Didn't like the Santa, but liked everything else. It was beautiful. So, yeah. So were you happy to see him catch fire? A little bit. <laughs> I didn't like the Santa. <laughs> um, so... Come on, Julie. I, I wasn't going to say anything. I did like those decorations, and I did not see that car scene coming. But I will say, Ryan Reynolds, having grown up around snow and the cold of the Northeast, I can't imagine in that kind of weather he would have rented a Porsche, even if he was trying to be cool. <laughs> so what I thought, too. I'm like, he's rolling up there in those tires in that right? amount of snow. <laughs> and then it's, yeah, no, I didn't buy that. You know what? This... So, when we covered that ghost movie, I told you how that's one of the tropes in films that I hate, right? The necrophiliac relationships. This is another trope that I hate in films. And a lot of films have done it. It's the really morbidly obese person in high school turning into Ryan Reynolds or The Rock or (laughs) insert any number of actresses who have done the role, the female version of that same role. Monica Geller. Monica Geller. Monica Geller. It's so, well, it's it's just at this point, it's as cliche as the glass is coming off, making someone look pretty. Like... It just amazes me. Just because it's just so overdone. That's partly what felt so 90s to me, honestly. That was like one of the things where I'm like, man, that feels 90s. I've never understood why, and Monica did the exact same thing. Why does their basic voice change when they're in the fat suit? Like not the tone of their voice alone, but like they almost do baby talk it's totally bizarre but monica did it too when she was in the fat suit see at first i I don't understand that at first i would have given him a pass because he had a retainer but then when he has to wear the retainer again his voice didn't go back to that no is i just i would assume maybe part of it is just an effect of the prosthetics for the actor uh yeah i thought i found it to be a cheap a cheap way to get some laughs, right? Like, oh, I'm already looking ridiculous. Let me sound ridiculous too. Everything in this movie was a cheap way to get some laughs. To get laughs, yeah. A cheap attempt to get laughs because <laughs> yeah. it failed miserably for me. I just didn't find it funny. And Christine left during the movie. She's like, this is just too stupid. I can't watch this. And she came back a little while later and said, you're still watching this crap? And then when it's over, she's like, I am so glad that movie is over. That's the worst one you guys have watched. Oh, oh, gosh. Trust me, this is a race for the bottom for me, listeners. It really is. And when Sarah came home and saw I had this on, she was like, 
you know, she sat down, and I think because it was one of these non-Christmas Christmas films, like, those are the mm-hmm. ones she likes to watch, especially not in the Christmas season, but, oh my god, mm-hmm. she thought it was awful. I would have taken yeah. a dead. I would have taken a dead ghost necrophilia trope any day of the week over this, Anthony. I would have. I would have gladly watched the hot ghost of Christmas all over. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. <laughs> um, who else felt like there were a lot of attempts to mimic Jim Carrey in this movie? You mean just like, ridiculous overacting? Yeah, the over-the-top. Well, and yeah. Something about the vocalizations in some of these parts where, and it's not just Ryan Reynolds, it's also the brother does it. and Chris Klein does it. Yeah. is Was that just the time period? I mean, Liar Liar came out in 1997. I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. Um, but it's 2005. He had already... Right, so- like his popularity was waning for sure by this point. But especially that type of Ace Ventura, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe this movie is only an hour and 36 minutes. It felt a lot longer. Well, I had 26 minutes left to go and I'm like, dear God, there's almost half an hour left of this movie. And Marty's like, it's still going on. And I'm like, yes, I don't understand. And and because you just mentioned him, I just want to say real quick, the brother is the most insufferable character in a film full of insufferable characters. Yep. But he's the worst. And I thought it would be a toss-up for me at first because I hate Amy Smart. I don't think she's a good actress. I don't like any of the characters she plays, but I liked her a lot more than the brother. She also played a bad trope, this like girl who's giving off all the wrong signals to all the guys, and she doesn't know what she's doing, and why all these guys are in love with her, and oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> it really is just the most 90s of 90s movie ever. Yeah. It feels like so many other 90s movies that came out in the 90s, except this one was a little late. (laughs) It feels like they took all of the worst parts of those movies and rolled them into one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. 100%. I don't like any of the characters. I don't feel sorry for Ryan Reynolds, like at any point, really. Like, really not at any point. And I don't like Amy Smart. I mean, none of them are likable enough for me to want to cheer for them. So there's no perk. <laughs> they the all deserve the each other. And there is no chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart in this movie to me. Not zero. Absolutely zero. But yeah. I don't know if that was so much. <laughs> I find that just true of her with her male leads in almost every film. <laughs> Honestly, this is supposed to be like your best friend from sixth grade through high school. You know, my good friends from high school, when we get together, we're right back where we were 20 years ago now. You know, there's no the chemistry, our our chemistry and what we shared and what we went through is still present. Um, I'll, I'll stick up for the film for a minute at that point. And just because they had the falling out and never talked again, or the he caused the falling out and purposely never talked. So I can understand there being a little awkwardness, at least at first when they meet up again. See, I've run, I've talked to people I haven't, well, we didn't have falling outs, but you know, 10 years later without talking and we just go right back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see people who wouldn't like, I'll give I them, guess. that's one little bit of leeway. I'll give the film in that, you know, a little bit awkward. She's so a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. She really, who would have bought 
Who would the shirt that she made him? I don't understand why a <laughs> good their, friend would ever do that. Wait till you guys get your Christmas present from me. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> The, the, the three of our faces on cats. <laughs> Let's go show my mom. She'd love it. <laughs> that whole scene, like, how did he get the other guy's yearbook? Why are they all carrying yearbooks to a party? Why did Ryan Reynolds take her yearbook home? Like, that's just not how these things yeah. work, people. <laughs> that is basic. That is corrupting basic yearbook etiquette guys right? yes <laughs> do you remember when you had a yearbook drawing glasses and stuff on people you didn't like on their faces oh yeah <laughs> yep so you didn't do that tom Mm-mm. i would more often do it on the people that i did like because i thought it was funny like some of my best friends i'd do stuff to their faces but <laughs> hannah brought home her first yearbook and there was some teacher that she wasn't a fan of. And I'm like, just draw a mustache on her face. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> and she's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, it's funny. <laughs> I felt really guilty after that. Like I'd just been shamed by my then 12-year-old daughter. <laughs> did she Rough do it? Lessons. Bad choice. Oh, yeah, she totally did it. I found later, like weeks later, I was looking through a yearbook and she'd drawn glasses on somebody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a terrible person. You know, it's a lot better than bu- teaching and encouraging her to bully. That's true. It's a harmless way for her to, to vent her, <laughs> her feelings, to come into touch with who she is as a person. <laughs> yep. Did you guys have any scenes you liked in this movie? Yes. What did you like? I did. I liked when the end credits started to roll. <laughs> no, but, but they still have somebody. They still have somebody stupid yell yell during the credits. I didn't understand what that was all about. But, but besides that, I didn't have one the credits. <laughs> but besides that, my one scene is when it transitioned from the past to the present, and you got you know whatever Christmas song was playing, and saw some Christmassy sights. I was like, okay, I got my little ten seconds of Christmas before you ruined it. Um, I did like the carolers. The random carolers that show up throughout the movie. Yeah, that are just walking around singing in Victorian garb like every day of Christmas season. But they were a fun addition. Um, The house all decorated up was really nice to see. Yeah. Um, But that's really about it for me. So I didn't like the brother at all, but... I liked the little snippet on Christmas morning where Anna Ferris is passed out on the bed and Ryan Reynolds and his brother kind of like fighting back and forth. And Ryan Reynolds is like, you know, do this thing or keep her here or whatever. And they kind of hit each other a little bit. And then they look at each other and Ryan Reynolds goes, I love you. The brother says, I love you too. And then his brother gives him a cookie and then he leaves, which I didn't mind because, you know, at Christmas, at least they honored Christmas for a very brief moment, right? Christmas is magical and it makes everything okay, even if it's for fractions of a second. So we haven't really talked about her yet, but you just said Anna Ferris's name. So I just wanted to get in real quick. Yeah. Not the best Anna Ferris. Oh my in, gosh. But in 
I, I like Anna Ferris generally, even though in every single thing she plays the same type of character, just more heightened sometimes. And, and She's funny in Mom. Did y'all watch that show? I've seen it. I've seen it. I love Alice. Janie. I love her. I think they work well together. It's a fun show to watch occasionally. Um, and she was great on Friends. She was great on Friends. Yep. I liked the first scary movie. I'll admit it. The rest are awful. <laughs> She did, you know, I I can take her or leave her. I don't really have a problem with her. I just typically don't like the movies that write characters that she fits, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. This movie, she was just unbearable, unbearable. And to her, in her defense, she played the part they wrote for her really well. I just Mm -hmm. could not stand it. She was probably the only character I felt like was on point with what she was supposed to be throughout the film. Yeah, yeah she was consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other person we haven't talked about yet that I think we should, who was, again, ugh, just could not stand, was his mother. Uh, <laughs> when Chris I Klein went to, on the double date, <laughs> the group date. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I did find that invitation scene kind of semi-amusing, just how... Okay, there is no way on God's green earth at her age, like, that she would not have known Ryan Reynolds was asking her on a date to invite Chris Klein. That was just, she was either being a total jerk or I don't, I don't know what they were trying to write her to do. That was just terrible. Mm. No, absolutely. So the mom is in a movie I've seen recently that I love that I mentioned last week. She's in Instant Family, Julie Haggerty who plays Ryan Reynolds' mom in this one. Mm-hmm. She's a grandma in that movie, and she's pretty precious. Hmm. Not a fan in this movie, but she was good in that one. Okay, I will give credit for other characters, though. I did enjoy the two friends mm-hmm. that got married. Mm-hmm. They were pretty cool. Oh, I just looked up. Yeah. Julie Haggerty's in a new Christmas movie coming out next year with Anna Kendrick, Bill oh. Hader, and Shirley MacLaine called Ooh. Noel. Oh, you Santa's know what? I think I heard of that one. Santa's daughter finds herself having to take over the family business. Guys, that's going on our list. Anna Kendrick plays Nicole Claus. Yeah, I've heard of that Who's one before. Santa? They don't list who Santa is in here. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really good. Anna, like I said, Bill Hader's in it. Shirley MacLaine dad, plays an elf. Marty was in, um, was in the elevator with Bill Hader's dad just the other day. Work. <gasps> Fancy. That's what I said. Noel. And it's spelled like Ellie's middle name. Oh, I love that. Me too. That's how much I love Christmas. My daughter's middle name is Noel. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, there's good people in here. It does look like a good movie. So there's some hope, folks. There's a good movie coming out. I have a it's problem good. with the premise right off the bat. I don't like Santa with kids. But it has a great cast, so I'm willing to give it a shot. But it may be like Santa Claus type situation. I don't know when she became when he became Santa or how that happened. Oh no, absolutely. I'm just saying just from the verbiage written down yeah. the little I'm with you too, because I don't I don't like the premise of Santa being married or having kids because the real Saint Nicholas was a celibate bishop. But you know, I like Anna Kendrick a lot. I, I love her. Really do. Her I voice her- is amazing. Is she nice in person? She is. I only spoke to her like for 10 seconds, but Bill Hader, famous Tolson, cool guy. Love Bill Hader. Me too. Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I think of when I think of Bill Hader. <laughs> Beef. With 17 O's or whatever. I loved the way I loved his uh, reviews of clubs. Uh, Bill Hader has an awesome HBO show now called Barry, which you guys, with Henry Winkler in it. 
as well. Yeah, is it really good? It's good. Yep, it's really good. So you guys should check that out. Any Bill Hader fans out there? All right, guys, I feel like we've gotten off of this movie more times than any other movie <laughs> I can think of in recent memory. The, 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 the bad thing about this movie, too, like, at least Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas did so much that we could talk about to dig in and, like, just rip apart. Like, this movie didn't even provide us with that. Mm-mm. Yeah. It was yeah. just kind of like a boring bad. Linus moment, yay or nay? <sighs> I don't know. I'm going to say no. Me, but if I'm there agree was, with you. If there was one and you really wanted to stretch, it would be Julia's cookie moment she mentioned earlier. Yeah, I don't even think that would count. Oh, absolutely not. But. Yeah. I'm going to say no. He did. I mean, even when he realized, you know, oh, I wasn't that bad when I was in another body, it's still just an insufferable. Yeah, it doesn't person. even feel like that. Nope. Yeah, that realization never feels genuine. Founded. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. at all. I'm with you. Again, there was another scene that made me laugh, but I can't remember what it was now. Oh, it's when he got hit in the teeth with the puck. And when he was trying to talk, when he was strapped to that board, there were some funny little gurgles at that moment. But when gurgles are some of my favorite quotes in the movie, I feel like we have a problem. <laughs> I did kind of like seeing him open it, open up on those kids, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, just knocking kids down on the... Christine just texted. She said she was wondering if she was going to wait up or if she was going to go to bed. She's like, uh, going to be late night or a quick one trying to decide if I'm going to wait up for you. And I said, I don't think it'll be late. And she said, yay. I mean, that movie was terrible. That's all there is to say, right? <laughs> Well, well, what's funny is I I told Sarah the exact same thing before she went into the other room. I was like, I'll be in within like half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with this one and give it the same thing I did. All American Christmas Carol. Point one. Oh my gosh. I still think I would rather watch this than One Magic Christmas. Oh, I think I would rather. Let's see. I'm going to come in at a point eight seven. You know, at times I'd bemoan our point system and think, oh, these, these points make it so difficult. But then there's a movie like this that shows me why we have. Hold on, son. Yeah, that's hard for me. Because honestly, this is probably only one movie on this list that I would rather watch this over, which is Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Wow. I got really into the decimals on, so I'm just going to make it easy. So it benefits from that. So I'm going to give it a point zero one, which is why I gave Amer- all American Christmas Carol. I, t- I think I see a lower, but I didn't want to get into too many decimal points. All right, so that comes in at a point three three. Point three three puts it at number 46 on our list, in between Santa's sleigh at point eight three and All American Christmas Carol point oh three seven. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go a little bit out of order and change something up here and let you guys know after this awful movie that we do have some better ones coming up. Next week is Kelsey Grammer's A Christmas Carol, a Hallmark classic, followed by the new Grinch movie from Sony Films. So you got a little bit of of positivity to look forward to over the next few weeks. Two classic stories. Definitely an uptick. I will just say, I need, do need to make note, Santa's sleigh has edged itself up the list a little mu- a little bit more. This- <laughs> By the time it finishes this podcast, it's going to be in like <laughs> the upper half of the films we watch. 
hope we're not doing that many more stinkers. Oh, I hope not. That would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. Well, sorry, guys. This one's on. Um, for what? For what? For the number of flops you've had to suffer through that I put on the list, Julia, you're good. <laughs> so, in fairness to the film, there are people who like this movie. Um, we did get two comments on Reddit, and I want to apologize to the people who commented because um, we were very nice to the movie. So, so G.J. Davila wrote, it's a terrible movie, but there's something about just friends that cracks me up. Scary Bentrup wrote, I love just friends. Over the summer, I wanted some comedy and stumbled upon it on Netflix. Was this on Netflix? Because I paid two ninety nine to watch this thing. I couldn't find it on Netflix, but she lives in Germany, okay, so she may have it Whew. on her. I had already watched it once before on YouTube, horrible quality, so I was then super excited to see slash remember that it takes place over Christmas. What's not to love about it? Ryan Reynolds' ridiculous scenarios in Christmas. I'm so is, happy that you guys are going to be discussing it. It is oh. Ryan Reynolds' ridiculous situations in Christmas, for sure. And I will say that Ryan Reynolds has gotten a, a lot better, a lot better. This just showed me how funny he was in Deadpool. Had to start somewhere. And and you know what? There are hints. There are hints of Deadpool in this movie, which I really appreciated. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is pretty consistently scar- sarcastic. I don't think he's ever been a different type of character. So it made me very happy to know that while he was funny when he started, now he's really funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he. I did not think he was funny early on. Did you guys see that movie Waiting? Uh-uh. No. About they were all waiters at a restaurant like Bennigan's. Uh-uh. He's terrible. Oh, really? I mean, the movie is awful. I would say it's even worse than this one. Is it the writing? Why it's he's the writing, so funny? it's the acting, it's the storyline, it's everything. Hmm. So I am glad that you said, though, Julia, that he is pretty much the same in everything, too, because I called out Anna Ferris for that earlier, but you're right about yeah. Ryan Reynolds, too. He plays the same version the same character most of the time. Sometimes he'll go serious. But uh, most yeah. of the time, it's just a heightened version of that same sarcastic pool. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, he, that's, um, what makes, that's what makes him so perfect for Deadpool. And that's why he was not good as the Green Lantern. Exactly. <laughs> well, so we have one more. They did not write, write it well. No, which sucked because Mark Strong would have been an awesome Sinestro if they gave him more to do. Yep. But... Uh, we have one more comment, and it's from a new list. This is from Sersco87. There's just something about this movie that I've always loved. Ryan Reynolds and Anna Faris are hilarious. I'd say, I'd say it's less of a Christmas movie and more of a set-at-Christmas movie, but it's definitely part of my Christmas canon. I'm more likely to watch this movie in November during the lead-up to Christmas season, and sometimes throughout the year if I'm really missing Christmas, but don't want to break out an actual Christmas movie. Overall, I just think it's a fun movie with just enough Christmas to put me in the spirit. Also wanted to mention that I'm a fairly new listener. Discovered your podcast in December, and I've been listening to the older episodes. Looking forward to listening throughout the year. Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. That was so nice. We look forward to you listening throughout the year. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. 
And I want to reference another listener from California who emailed in to us and started engaging on Facebook, which was nice to see some more, a little more activity there. Marilee from California, she wrote in and said that she just wants to send us a heartfelt thank you for helping her avoid the post-Christmas doldrums that she usually falls into. She says, I've had moments, but nothing close to the severe letdown I feel most years. Most of this is because of your dedication to an odd little year-round Christmas podcast. She found us just after Thanksgiving in 2018 when it occurred to her that she wanted all of her entertainment consumption at that point to be Christmas related. And she did a search for Christmas podcasts as an alternative to the true crime podcast she usually listens to. She's been listening from the beginning and she's all caught up except for the Patreon episodes, which are next. To you, Marilee, happy 2019 as well. And thanks for listening in. Yeah, thank you. That's a lovely review. Uh Uh-huh. Great name. All right. Well, while we're discussing feedback, we got a review on iTunes from CMNMMB. They gave us four stars and said, good, but Tom is the worst. Not really sure how to take that, guys. (laughs) You're not the worst, Tom. Uh, I'd love uh, more info if you got it. CMNMMB. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all I have to say about that. All right, guys, you can tell we do follow the reviews. Please rate and review us, especially on iTunes. That helps new users find us. Be sure to be honest. Tell us who you think is the worst. That's really uh, (laughs) applicable. And uh, we appreciate all reviews. All feedback is good. And you can give us feedback on um, other places as well. If you are active on social media, we probably have a place for you to be active with us. So if you're a Facebook person and we'd love to generate more comments and um, chatter on our Facebook page. You can find us at Tis the Podcast. Um, if you are a Reddit person, all you have to do is go to Reddit and look for r slash Tis the Podcast for our subreddit. Um, if you like pictures, come visit us on Instagram. Anthony gets some really cool postings up there and we like to chatter back and forth as well. You can find us at Tis the Podcast or if you are on Twitter and that is your place, find us at Tis the Pod. I know that Anthony and Tom will post stuff there as well. So come and talk to us. We love hearing from you um, and we get some of our best ideas from our listeners. So be that listener that gives us good ideas. Some of the best ideas we receive from our listeners are what to cover on our Patreon page. So if you want more content, Patreon is for you. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast, where as for as little as a dollar per month, you can get full length of bonus episodes. For $3 a month, you can get stickers. You know, depending on how much you want to give, you can get up to Christmas cards. You can recommend a movie, a whole bunch of different perks. Check it out. We have some really fun episodes up there. And I'm going to plug again the Christmas commercial episode we did this past December because that one's a lot of fun and that will put you right back in the Christmas spirit. Definitely. I almost went and queued that episode up myself after watching this movie just to get a fix. We need it. (laughs) And we have more good stuff coming there as well, guys. We're going to have at least one new episode out per month throughout 2019. Knock wood. Well, not to be a downer again. (laughs) Follow my bad movie up with some even worse news. But we are 8,280 hours away from Christmas. That's 345 days. It's only 49 weeks, guys. We're out of the 50s already. I'm going to cling to the weeks, I think. That was one of the best ideas, speaking of ideas from our listeners, that Disco54 gave us. He said go for the weeks because it's a lower number. Absolutely. Nailed it. All right. 
do your homework, watch Kelsey Grammer, and get some Christmas feels, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Big winter, big winter, big winter.